0: Welcome to Counterpressed, On The Ringer and Spotify. It's Tuesday because we had yet another bank holiday. I'm sick of them. In England. (laughs) We've got another one at the end of the month, guys. It's not over yet. We've got another one coming at the end of May. Relentless. Just makes Tuesdays horrible. I know, it makes Tuesdays a lot, especially if you work in football. Tuesdays is like not, doubly as stressful. We're not the target audience for a bank holiday. No, no, no if you we? yeah, football doesn't work for you know for, for bank holiday chilledness. Hmm. Um but did we have
1: fun? You were at a wedding, Jesse. I had so much fun. I wow. had the best weekend, guys. One of my favourite weekends of the year, I think. Wow. I thought you were about to say of your life. <laughs> I don't know of my life. It was really good. Um Yeah, I just like Drank so much champagne and danced Ooh. basically for the whole which is like all I want to do for wow. the Ever. rest of my life. Mm-hmm. So
0: good wedding DJ because I have to say the actually, no, the last wedding I went to, which was my girlfriend's cousin's wedding, DJ was was pretty good, but wedding before that was my brother's wedding and the DJ was terrible. Yeah. And I was really burned out. I've been about to a it. wedding with not a very good DJ. And we all left that because it was just yeah. crap.
1: Well, the there was a wedding band until 1 and then okay. my friend Jasmine basically she then became the wedding DJ when they left Love but that. so it was just an aux cable thing there but there was no reception so we could only play the songs that she had already oh, downloaded Oh wow on her that's phone. like spotify roulette but fair play to Jasmine she had, had some crackers okay, downloaded. Wow, so child Jasmine. We were loving life. We love yeah. Jasmine.
2: She was really nice to me that one time and I'll, I'll never forget it. Every so. nice. She's, a great <laughs> gal.
0: She's a great gal. So um, there wasn't any official DJ. It was literally just an AUX plug-in sitch.
1: Well, there, there was like, there, they were playing songs in the band until 1am. It was right. just the 1am to 4am slot. Okay. Was DJed by Jasmine, DJ Jasmine. Yeah, wow. And anyone who knows Jasmine, you guys have met her. It's like it makes so much sense that she just took control. Yeah, basically,
0: it's something I would do, and I respect her because we're very similar people. Yeah, Game respects game. Yeah, yeah. What was one of the classics? What was one that really got people going?
1: I honestly can't (laughs) remember. I just remember really enjoying it.
2: Yeah. Okay, great. Uh, yeah. That's the time I could DJ, you don't remember yeah. what was played, exactly. but you just remember the just feeling. Survived.
1: And then we did karaoke on the Sunday night and that really was me and my element.
0: Was that set up or did you go to a venue to do it? Was no, it like-,
1: like we there was a projector, so we put it like YouTube on and then there was Sick. a mic. For like the speeches, that so is my start. plan. <laughs> that is
0: my plan for Eurovision on Saturday because um, my girlfriend borrowed my brother's lucky voice kit for a thirtieth she went to, and my plan is to bring it to Eurovision on Saturday and just plug in and go and just yeah
2: crank it up. Um, Becky, good weekend. Yeah, we had a lovely weekend. Um, we went to see a great play on Friday. We, oh my day! Oh, yeah. One of the I greatest sobbed, plays I've ever yeah, seen. I sobbed the whole time. Um, it was a bit embarrassing, actually. And, you know, and I didn't have tissues. And, you know, like, it's like, because you're because oh, no. you're embarrassed, you don't want to be, like, wiping your face too much. So I was just, like, letting them roll down my face. Like, my neck was soggy. That's very
1: cinematic of you, I <laughs> can imagine, in the film of your life. That would yeah. be a scene. Very because yeah. like, When I cry though. on the
2: bus, I don't um, wipe my tears either. You've just got to let them go. <laughs> Those tears dry on their own, as Amy said. <laughs>
0: the, the play that we saw was for, for black boys that have ever... Uh, contemplated suicide when the hue gets too heavy i think it's finishing quite soon in London, it's finished. isn't it? it's finished
2: sunday was the last night it was
0: at, at the royal court for a while and then it transferred to the west end i mean i feel like it's done so well and the reviews have been so incredible that it's it, gonna it come back might sure. come back
2: it was so good it was great
0: it was exceptional um me and my girlfriend were in the cheap seats becky had exceptional seat yeah, right, right slap in it yeah in the thick of it, in the stalls,
2: and um, yeah, it was so good. So, so good. I also um, had the rest of my weekend um, went and played played football twice this weekend, both on the days that the weather wasn't great. But on Saturday, and I have already told you both this story, so I apologise, but I think the listeners would want to know. (laughs) (laughs) I think they care. (laughs) <laughs> but if, if, a bit presumptuous
0: but we'll go with it there's
1: always the skip button listeners if you don't yeah. <laughs> we'll,
0: put, we'll put in the show notes
2: yeah. when Becky's story ends so the time codes you can just skip through um, so we went we play football on Saturday. Kick off at eleven am. Um, Sue's going to be fuming as well because Sue always keeps track about when we start talking about football. So <laughs> Sue's going to be
1: like, is not not again. talking about football. At two, actually, this it's is just, just grassroots. This is our grassroots football session." <laughs> yeah. Okay, carry on. Sorry. So
2: we played at eleven, got absolutely drenched, and then went immediately to the pub um, and started drinking at one pm. And then decided at eight pm that we were going to go to this drag king show. And I, we were in Hackney and I was like, if I go home to Peckham, I'm not coming back out. So I am committing to this night, but I hadn't packed any other clothes. So I was wearing my football shorts and Crocs, um, which I think was a great look.
1: If there's any way you can get away with that look, it is Hackney. <laughs> yeah. that was the best thing about when I lived there was just like you could really go to the shops and anything and I'm not going to the shops someone... though I was
2: going to the club I, I never know, like, going, that's, that's, that's even easier to then be like
1: I'm wearing something weird <laughs>
2: <laughs> so it was this striking show uh, and anyway we had a great night we stayed out got very very drunk and then I got home and I was in bed and I was like half asleep and so when we were playing Love and a Side we won but there was this one striker who was very very quick Um, And she was causing us lots of problems. And in my like half sleep state, I was like, I've got a real problem here. And that problem is that I'm really drunk right now. And if she runs at me, I'm not going to be able to defend her. And then I was like, hold on a second. I am not playing football right now. and it was just a really I felt really weird um, and I text Jilly in the morning to be like you'd be so proud of me like I just like got that defender's brain I'm always on and she was very proud of me so. what I liked
1: was that Jilly replied if in doubt, take them out. <laughs> I was like, that's... I didn't know if Julie knew that it wasn't like you were just having like a weird dream, but I was like, it's good advice still. It's very much, very much my philosophy as well. I think. Next
2: time I I'm drunk thinking it. that someone's running at me, I'll remember that. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, as well as our great weekends, it was a great weekend of footy. Not only in the WSL, but there was chaos everywhere. League Two coming to an end on Monday morning, then championship season coming to an end Monday afternoon. Then we had... Chaos in the Premier League, yesterday especially, but it was, you know, up and down everywhere you looked and the WSL was no different because there were some massive results on the weekend. That shock defeat for Manchester City to Liverpool. Arsenal coming through with that 1-0 against Leicester on Friday night. Chelsea's mahusive 7-0 win over Everton. Um, West Ham being down bad we're going to get onto that as well and a massive win for United so we've got a lot to chat about so let's get into it next right so I want to start with Manchester City because this was one that I don't think anyone saw coming especially given I did you you felt it yeah
2: The Reds. The Mighty Reds. The Mighty mighty Reds. Matt Beards. (laughs) Mighty, Mighty Reds. Do you know
0: what? I don't know if you heard this on Wednesday at King's Meadow, but I have to shout out that, you know, there are a core group of Liverpool fans that do travel to away games. And there was one guy, and I think another guy next to him, but it was one guy with a booming voice who was just chanting Mighty Reds for most of the game against Chelsea. And I thought, you know... You're a brave man, I respect it, because it must be a bit of a slog given, you know, Liverpool's season away from home has not been particularly great. I don't think they've got any points away, have they, this season? They've definitely not won. Yeah. So, um, yeah, shout out him. But the Mighty Reds, they got a huge result at home against Manchester City that no one saw coming. And it's also a result that really puts... City against it for qualification for the Champions League because they kind of are relying on Arsenal now a little bit um, to help them out. And it was one of those situations, Jesse, where because we've seen City concede goals recently, early on, that Reading game kind of being the optimum, but, um, you know, they are so relentless in in how they kind of create chances that there is just the expectation, the assumption that even if they do go a goal behind, they're going to turn it around. And they equalise not too soon after Liverpool get that early lead. And then it was like, okay, right. Yeah, here we go. They're going to kind of go ahead and, and smash through this. But they didn't. And, you know, they did create a lot, but it was just one of those days where it's not, going to fall for them and then Missy Bo Kearns with a, a brilliant goal and I think she's been probably one of Liverpool's best players this season but a massive result for Liverpool we have to kind of give them credit first really
1: yeah definitely and and you know equally obviously it, we, we talk about uh, conceding early on and then that gives like the, the bigger team more time to come back but we saw it took Chelsea quite a while to yeah. to do the same thing on, on Wednesday night playing Liverpool and I think what kind of surprised me about City was just how Casual, some of it felt in terms of being like, this is a side where all they have left to play for is the Champions League spots. Mm. They haven't had the distractions that Arsenal and Chelsea have had in terms of uh, all those rescheduled games, Champions League, blah blah blah. They've got a pretty fully fit squad, with the exception of like Alexandre, um, and. It wasn't even like one of those games where you're like, "Ugh, if they played that again, their chances would go in." Because Liverpool also had like other chances too. Um, so yeah, I, I feel like disappointed in City. I don't know why. <laughs> like I a, just you're not like a parent, angry, just
2: disappointed. Yeah. I think
1: I was like so enjoying the fact that it really felt like everything could go down to the final day for everyone. And now with this, I find it hard to see Arsenal fucking up in a way that <laughs> in a way that lets City back into it. Given that City stuff to play United as well. And I think before I thought maybe City would beat United and now I also feel not so sure about that.
0: Yeah, it's it's a weird one and that's why I think it feels like you know, the biggest shock result we've had in in a couple of weeks really, because the expectation the way that they've kind of found their rhythm this season, it looked like Champions League was all but guaranteed. And for them to kind of have such a significant setback, given the depth that they've had this season... The fact that at one point they were potentially in contention for for the Champions League, but that that sorry for the for the title, but that that loss to Arsenal away kind of probably took it out of their hands too much. But I think that's why it kind of feels a bit more like whoa because they were the informed team at one point this season, and they do have like fantastic attacking depth as well that no one else in the league can you know, maybe Manchester United but certainly not Arsenal or Chelsea can say right now that they've got the same tools at their disposal that City have so given Liverpool's terrible form and you know how they haven't been great this season especially when it comes to like actually sticking away chances you can't look at that and say a huge missed opportunity for City and then I suppose the Optimum slap in the face is that their defeat then guaranteed Manchester United Champions League football
1: for the first time. So it's kind of like lose lose. I'm still going with the phrase all but guaranteed Manchester United, but yeah,
0: yeah, yeah because they the goal difference, a massive goal difference, the goal so. difference swing is crazy. But because of the games that are left uh, and the points gap, it it's pretty much all but guaranteed unless there is a. Like a 13 0. But where do Man
1: United have to go on the last day of the season? Mm. Prenton Park.
2: Mmm. Could be, yeah, could be a biggie. That fresh think... air at Prenton Park, I'm telling you.
1: <laughs> that is true. Do you think that's that's why Liverpool haven't been as good away from home? Maybe, yeah, that's because they're not used missing. to the. Is the, it like the, altitude? The,
2: the... Yeah, but it's smog <laughs> yeah. when you go the, elsewhere. Yeah. They're like, <coughs> everywhere they go. All right. <laughs> yeah. They're like, why is no. Well, actually. I want
1: you to make that into a chant. <laughs> like, you know, when they, people saying blah, blah gets battered, blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> everywhere they go. Yeah, for or reference. We'll work on it. Tell, Tell that man you saw Flo at King's Meadow <laughs> that you can have that one. For, for reference,
0: um, Becky is talking about the Climate Clubs. Uh, shout out Kyle, who it's his project. Um, and they've done a kind of, WSL air quality table and Liverpool come out on top with still not great air, but the freshest, of best quality air in the
2: WSL. You yeah, will never sing that. You will never sing that. But um, it is still like it's still pretty bad over the limit of, of the, the World the, Health Organization. Yeah. So, so we're all still dying, but just slightly less at. Park. Slightly
0: less at. <laughs> it's Park, that lovely so rural air. You know, you you win some, you lose some. But yeah, it it, it it's probably a much. um Harder pill to swallow when you think about the context around um, what that defeat for City means, and I just I'm just trying to kind of work out how, what, why it you know for the rest of their season, Jesse, because they are Conti Cup specialists at, at this point. You know, you know, we we know shout out flops, but we know the Conti Cup is something that they have enjoyed winning and in recent history the Champions League has not been a great place for them no they haven't managed to get through the the recent like qualifying stages and it's been a fairly long time since they won the WSL title as well so what does this now mean for their season if they don't get Champions League football Jesse?
1: I think you've got to get rid of Gareth Taylor, and we have to
0: say his contract is still TBC. And uh, you know, December time—it was looking unlikely he he was going to renew, but then that sort of took a twist a little bit when they had a very good kind of autumn early start this year, and now it's looking like okay, maybe it's slim again.
1: I just think ultimately, there yeah, there have been points where City have looked good. And I think Taylor's improved as a manager in the time that he's been at City. But given the time he's been at City and given what's happened or what hasn't happened, I guess maybe more accurately, with the players he's had at his disposal, you're just like, clearly this team could play at a much higher level, I think. And um, maybe it'll benefit them not having you know, you don't have to start your season as early. I think they've been unlucky with some of the teams they've been drawn in the Champions League in the past. I don't think it's as simple as just being like City are terrible at the Champions League, because it does kind of depend who you get paired with. Um and because the games come so early, if you are just like a little bit off, if you are going up against a team who are good slash as opposed caroline to, Weir. yeah <laughs> well but like yeah obviously playing real madrid is like going to be more of a challenge than some of the teams you can get drawn against um then that's that's where you're like okay maybe you've been a bit unlucky when you're looking across the season as a whole i think you're like to all all of those teams in the top 4 have dropped points against teams outside the top 4 right so it's not like crazy to be <laughs> I'm not saying like you can't do it, but I'm like to drop points home and away against Villa, then to lose away against Liverpool. It's like you just, those are the games where you need to have one of those games not go right for you in the season, not mm. three, because you're not going to get the full range of points from those those teams in and around you. So you really need to shore it up as as much as possible. Um, and maybe Prenton Park is just everyone's Bogey ground because obviously that's who Chelsea lost to um, but yeah I, I think I think that's the problem it, it's like if you're everyone can kind of like forgive or like accept that sometimes you're going to say lose to a Katie McCabe wonder strike in a game where you are probably the better team and equally you can turn around and be like and you beat Chelsea in quite an impressive manner so like th- those results are fine it's where you're dropping points when really you just you you can't get away with that many over the course of a season.
0: Yeah, and you look at Manchester United, their 3-0 win over Spurs. Spurs are diabolical. Terrible! Like, oh, never seen a team be this consistently bad at defending since they somehow got worse. <laughs>
2: yeah, it's exactly with, with just, more they players at their disposal. They haven't got what I've got, which is defending in my sleep.
0: Yeah, maybe I'll have out, a word. You need to eat, breathe, sleep the BTG methodology <laughs> of defending. It's and so Amy Turner, what are you doing? Honey? Get me
2: in. I'll give him a speech.
0: <laughs> but I mean. I want to kind of reflect as well on that Manchester United result, also looking at what Chelsea did, because I think that's kind of where you see the difference right now. But a word on Manchester United, because no one really expects Spurs to get much out of many games at the moment. But, you know, it was a a confidence-boosting result, probably a result that a lot of their fans have been crying out for, because I think they've sometimes felt like they haven't kind of seen games off and killed them when they when they could at points this season it does pretty much secure their European qualification but Jesse I'm still getting a feeling when I watched Manchester United and I when I watched Chelsea and you know they had two Chelsea had two games in the space space of a week where we got to see them and you know maybe the Liverpool game wasn't as as emphatic as it as should have been but I still watch those two sides and I still look at Chelsea and think they are the team that's going to go win the title. And I still see a a gap in the two sides.
1: I think that's probably fair, but I do think Manchester United deserve a huge amount of credit for the run they've been on because I think everyone expected them to kind of wilt under the pressure and that hasn't happened. And the reason I think everyone feels hotter on Chelsea still at the moment is because we've seen Chelsea do that okay the last two seasons obviously the the previous one was the COVID one so it wasn't like they ever got a run in but you know we know Chelsea can go and win all their games in a run in to like edge the title and obviously they have the the mathematical advantage with that in the league right now Um, but I definitely think there's no way I thought Manchester United would be in this position still based on the the performances they've had. And this, again, like, yes, Spurs, Spurs are bad, but sometimes strange things happen against teams. And, and we've seen United wobble against uh, Brighton. Like there was a the Reading game. Reading a, game. Yeah. They required a late winner. Obviously Villa, much higher quality of team, but... They're the moments where you're like, okay, are you, is this team going into their next game then and being like, ah, we're really like on the edge here? But it feels like United have been able to do what Chelsea do, which is like, it doesn't matter at this point of the season how you win, you just go and win.
2: I think it's interesting to think about like the perceptions of teams, especially at this point of the season, of like, yeah, I think maybe we feel more confident that Chelsea will do it because we've watched them do it. And, you look at those results from United of they they are grinding out results right at the end when they need to. And I think if they win the league, you look back at that and you say, well, that's what champions do. They grind out these results and they win. And if they don't win the league, that's where you go. Oh, well, they never looked that secure on it. So I just think it's interesting to, I you know, I don't think you can take like too much from the way that they do it as long as they are doing it.
0: I think what I find probably the most impressive asset of Manchester United is how they've been defensively because I think where we've seen them struggle this season is not dominate well dominate teams but not not put away chances and I think that's that's kind of where other teams have the attacking depth that you know i don't so it's like when they're stale they find it really hard to mix things up and and kind of play a different way that that chelsea game being the optimum is like they always want to pass 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 but when things aren't going their way there is rarely a plan b but i think defensively that they deserve so much credit because they are still the only team in the league to have more clean sheets than goals conceded which is just insane I think they've now got 13 and they've only conceded 11 goals it took them to what like November that game against Chelsea before they even conceded a goal in the entire season they obviously had you know some some nice first few games of the season but I think defensively they've been so impressive and yeah we've seen them make mistakes in games Millie Turner's had a couple of mistakes this season but I do think like you know on the balance Mary Upps has had a good season even though you know there's been a few moments where like she gets chipped and you feel a bit wobbly about it I think they deserve a lot of credit for being able to keep a back line fairly intact even Mannion coming in and out a little bit as she's come back from injury that has been so important to their foundation it's just the plan B element which is when I kind of look at what Chelsea did against Everton I'm like damn like even though, a month ago, we were looking at Chelsea and what they were missing because of injury. Yes, Frank Kirby's now out indefinitely, really. And yes, Millie Bryan, Kadisha Buchanan are out. Buchanan maybe comes back a bit sooner. But still, I look at them and I just see like players who look fresh. And that is kind of impressive to have that at this stage this stage, of the season. Peniela Harder coming in you know she hasn't really played since what was it about November time and she looks unbelievable and the the fact that you know you've got Caneridge you've got Kankovic you've got Fleming playing really well it's like that is the difference to me where it's like Hayes can can mix it up because she not only has the players but she also kind of They've, they've done so well as a group now that, that the individual roles are laid out. And I think Skinner's kind of missing that to be able to adapt with his players and also lean on enough of a depth in kind of to create
1: that plan B. What I'm hearing you say is Johanna Ritten you rock my world. <laughs> <laughs> um, basically, translation. Uh, yes, but I think, I mean, again, it's a bit like what Becky said. You can play it either way. You can say. It's the narrative, right? Look, Chelsea. Are amazing. They can bring in these different players and put Everton to the sword. But really, that's only the second time this season they've done, they've played like that. The Leicester game being being the other one. Um, And you can equally say about Skinner's United, like this is the benefit of when you're not in the Champions League, you can just prep for one game a week and you can have that really like great starting eleven. But
0: I think the difference is that I don't really see what Chelsea have done in that Everton-Leicester and game uh, much of Manchester United season, like that Leicester game where Manchester United bl- like you know, beat them and Russo gets a hat-trick, they still looked kind of shaky on the break and that Spurs game at the weekend, they should have won that like 6-0. It's like I don't see them going to that
2: killer, punishing level. But does it matter if you're getting the three points?
1: I th- the only <laughs> thing I think it matters in and which is what Chelsea were able to do it mean, matters for
0: goal difference, but
1: that's like the technical, yeah. is If you're 5-0 up at half-time, you can take everyone off. And so yeah, you give, you give yourself off. extra time to rest players. But what I would say is, OK, Chelsea did it this weekend and it, again, fits into the narrative of like, run in Chelsea, off they go. But Chelsea have... Been much less comprehensive, I think, than United in lots of their games this season.
0: Oh uh, yeah, of course. I think United. I think Chelsea's narrative for much of the season has been th- what Becky said that this is what champions do: grind it out, not pretty, but get the result. Narrative, but now because they're leaning on this depth, I think it's kind of flipped in their favour, and now it's like a role reversal. It's like United are now the grinding it out kids and Chelsea are kind of having the luxury of being able to feel like they've got that some players are coming towards the start of their season and not the end but like, the Liverpool game
1: was great that was the Liverpool you game have to was much more stodgy winner. but yeah but I think Chelsea but I think this is the thing this is why it's like can be dangerous when it's hard when you're looking across a whole season because I'm like I actually thought both Liverpool and Everton games were two of Chelsea's best performances but one's a 7-0 win and one's a 2-1 win so you you were then like oh, but did Chelsea grind it out? And I'm like, well, that was probably a case where they were like a little bit unlucky with with their chances and things like that. And you can say the same about some of the games where um, United like ground out. Do you know what I mean? But I think like basically I think what it comes down to is both teams have been very impressive and they've both had like patchy moments and they've both and and I just think that's a reality when the WSL is has become as strong as it is and I guess maybe maybe this is where this whole debate comes from it's like we talk about the teams at the top and how they're performing sometimes without bearing in mind the increase in ability of the teams in the bottom and why that might be affecting the performances of the teams at the top.
0: Yeah, I think that's 100% fair as well. And also to go as far as like sometimes dismissing those matchups to necessarily be what they might end up being. So, for example, Liverpool being City. Do you know what I mean, there's like mm. the assumption that tick, 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 that's a win, that's a win, that's a win. And then you kind of don't factor in sometimes the individual performances in those games and then the impact that might have on a team Going into that run, but also when you look at United, sorry, you look at Chelsea's fixture list, and it's that game against Arsenal at home, which feels like the biggest challenge. But <laughs> I'm
1: stressing about Leicester. <laughs> yeah. Well, Leicester we'll get onto that on it. We'll, right get now. In, we'll
2: get onto that in a minute. But Leicester beat Liverpool, and then Liverpool beat City, so technically Leicester are better than City right now.
1: And but Chelsea beat Liverpool, so we'll be okay.
2: Yeah, <laughs> good maths. <laughs> um,
0: and who? is playing each other in the FA Cup final on Sunday, Chelsea, Manchester United. So, you know, the narrative will just spin and spin and spin because that is a massive opportunity for Manchester United, but coming just before, you know, a few weeks before they have the chance to win the title. Chelsea, they've been there, done that. We're going to get onto that in our FA Cup preview, so I don't want to kind of touch on that too much. But for now, we should probably get into some of the relegation scraps. Friday night, Arsenal come away with a 1-0 win at home to Leicester. Obviously, it's a really important for win for Arsenal, especially given what happened to City and in their quest for Champions League, because we came away from that Wolfsburg game, maybe feeling like, yeah, reflect on Arsenal knocking out the competition, but actually looking ahead to the rest of the season, it could be quite tough for them to try and secure Champions League football. City have done them a massive favour. But first and foremost, they've actually got to finish this season intact with all players somehow fit and healthy, but also just get as many points as they can. So this result was massive for them, Jesse.
1: Yeah, definitely. Because I think actually Arsenal's run-in is like underrated levels of... It's tough. ...hard. Yeah. Because they've got Brighton tomorrow... Everton next Wednesday. Okay, maybe Everton are a bit on the beach as we've seen. But then Chelsea and. You said Villa. Liverpool on the beach and look what happened. No, I know. That's what's been so impressive about Liverpool. I, like, that's going back to a different game. But like, fair play to Matt Beer because whatever he said to them did work. Um, and yeah, may, maybe that's again a worry for Arsenal that teams who've been a bit embarrassed suddenly feel like they, they have something to prove when maybe they didn't feel that previously. Um, so yeah, really big win because I I do think Leicester are kind of the one of the form teams in the league. Obviously, they've got a lot to play for. Maybe maybe a bit less now. Reading, uh, but I don't know. Like it's still tight. It's still tight. And Reading have to play its Spurs, so. Um, it's a free win in my book And that
2: double header. Yeah,
1: yeah, controversial oh, yeah. double oh, header. Yes. Yeah,
2: so stupid. So stupid. It's such a bad plan. I'm yeah. so I'm sorry whoever came up with that. Actually, I'm not sorry. It was dumb. But you know,
0: but you know, they're in the in in the office being like, guys, I've got a brilliant idea, and everyone's like, it's it's just, genius.
2: For, can, can we just pause the football chat to yeah. just bitch about this idea because <laughs> I think it's the dumbest thing I've ever seen for a few reasons. One, it's just logistically chaos it won't be logistically chaos because no one will stay because the men's kicks off at like twelve thirty, and the women's one doesn't kick off at like four fifteen. It's a long old day. There is no way that anybody is spending six hours in Tottenham Stadium. There's a lot to do there, though. It's a big they, old stadium. Did it's they like get a theme that park.
1: cheese thing in the end, or was that, uh, that no? The cheese, cheese room, thing, was, I don't the cheese know. thing was a
0: gag, I think, or like it, it was, it was maybe down on a list but never happened. Maybe someone can tell us on Twitter. But
1: I've never been, but I have heard they have those cool pint glasses where
0: you you've up never been. There. Well, you oh. have
2: been because we played. I on have the pitch. played on the
0: pitch. Yes
2: that you've not been a fan oh it's an
0: unbelievable stadium food in the press room is fantastic but again
2: no one wants to spend six hours in any football stadium no so it's just it it will be so empty like i can't i can't see this being like a big packed out stadium in any world and so you've just moved like a really important relegation battle to a big empty stadium with no atmosphere. That you play really badly and they've a never want again. yeah, a big pitch that you aren't used to playing on. It's just like... Against a team who play in a big empty stadium yeah. every week, <laughs> yeah. so
1: aren't even fussed by like, it. Like, it's so dumb. Beth England is going to have to do a lot of running. I didn't think it felt as big as I imagined, but maybe that's but I because... Think that's, yeah, I think I that's because... I am not yeah. a footballer and was deeply concerned <laughs> by how much running yeah. I would have yeah. to do. Yeah, yeah. And
2: I do quite like running, to be fair to you myself. You do, so yeah, you are a fan. We can confirm. <laughs> it's that. Just, it's not it's not even that it's huge. It's just like it's different from like the thing that, the place mm. that you you, you are. I'm like, but do you think the women's team have request, requested it because they didn't? They play another one there quite recently. So it's weird because when I did the
0: um no, no the Aston Villa game that um Spurs got no did they draw that game in the end? Yeah. I think it was. They were winning 3-2 and then they yes. drew 3 Or I yeah. couldn't remember it was chaos. Anyway, when I did that game, Vicky Jepsen kind of did this like wink, wink, nudge, nudge thing being like, oh, yeah, we've got one more game in the men's stadium. It's going to be announced soon. And I was like, okay, cool. Like trying to think, I wonder what game it's going to be. And then they announced that, and I thought, oh, that's a terrible idea. You want to, if you're going to do one, like make make it when maybe you're guaranteed, you're safe, or I don't know. But it also feels like so forced as well to try and squeeze one in at the end of the season. We've got barely any weeks left. I don't know why they need to do another one because they never also sell that well. The United game is probably you know the best since that North London derby they that's did years. Probably ago. Probably
2: not the Spurs pull, is it? But, to be honest.
1: Uh, but all. But what I wondered was whether and I've not been to Brisbane Road, so Flo, maybe you can comment on this. My second home, <laughs> Brisbane Road regular. <laughs> but maybe they feel like the pitch there is rubbish. I or... will say it has got
0: better. And and both Carla Ward and Vicky Jepson commented on this in the Villa game because um when they did the Villa game, Oren had just won the title in League Two and the pitch had looked awful all season and it actually, it's actually got a lot better the last couple of weeks. So I think they're just used to it as well because you get used to a pitch by the by the end of the season. So I think, I don't, I don't know if that would play a massive factor because they do, even though they don't look great wherever they play, they look marginally a little bit better when they're at Brisbane
1: Road. Maybe it was for the beatboxers.
2: Yeah, I did see a really funny tweet, which was like, you know, on Love Island a couple of years ago, where Chris was like, "Does anyone want me to rap to lift the mood?" And someone <laughs> tweeted like the Brisbane Road Beatboxers <laughs> at halftime of the, at the that's Spurs so Stadium good. when we're losing to Reading. So that's Spurs so Reading
0: is the is it, that's the penultimate round of fixtures, and then on the last day, Spurs have got to go to West Ham, which. It's kind of bankable set of three points at the moment. But it, it's just bizarre. It, we, it's just a really weird thing to do. To You know, a lot of the times teams will have a really long kind of build up to playing a game in the main club stadiums because they want to do loads of marketing or they want to get people excited or they want to have like a big ticket encounter. And this is a big ticket game in itself, but not in a kind of spectacle way and in like a, shit, we've got to actually yeah, really win this like, game. I don't,
2: I, don't, I don't know if like... People care enough about the women's team at all to to then care about a relegation battle game like.
1: Well, also it was this weird thing that it was like they hadn't even figured out how they were going to get women's. Yeah, yeah, they've not thought. It seems very
2: not thought out and last minute.
1: Yeah, if you just want to go to the. So you can come in, um, but you you
0: you can sit anywhere. So people were saying, yeah, but what if someone's gone out for a drink and I sit in their seat? How will I know that the seat's taken? (laughs) So there's no allocated seating, I think, for women's for Spurs women's season to go Right, so
1: they'll open it up again after the men's Yes, day. the gates will open yeah. and you'll either but have an allocated seat. But how do they know seat. how many people have left and are coming back? Like, how many? How do you know how many people you're going to let in?
0: Well, so you can't I don't know if you can leave. It won't be readmittance, in... but you can join. Right. If you're not already in it sounds terrible it's just (laughs) just a
2: really bad idea if
0: any Spurs fans are thinking of going can you let us know Harriet Duffy can you let us know (sighs) right humongous tangent Um, where even were we we were talking about Leicester weren't we yes right Leicester um Shout out Willie Kirk because you've done a brilliant job and you've given your team a, a really good chance at staying up and you, you know we did touch on the fact that they are kind of one of the informed teams at the moment. They have a very good second half of the season and they looked brilliant again against Arsenal on Friday and it's basically just Janina Leitzig um, being one of the greatest players of all time.
2: Is she on loan? Yeah. Yes, from um. Bayern
0: Munich.
1: But Bayern Munich have so many goalkeepers. They don't want to back. I think there's She'll a chance she. Unless someone the, else. The question gets her. might be whether, yeah, yeah another yeah. A bigger club wants her. Um, yeah, but like I think, you know, obviously Ruby Mace is someone who I think is really impressed in that team at different points as well, and um, stepping up into a bit of an unfamiliar
0: role for her as well. Not, you know, she's played at kind of centre back. But she's paying attention to Yes, Midfield although this the has long
1: been rumoured and whispered about. Oh. that's where Ruby Mace will end up. So. <laughs> right, okay. And she looks pretty good at it, to be fair. So, so those people whispering. Who's, it. who's been whispering who in it? That, really? What Man City fan do I talk to a lot who might have been talking to me about Ruby Mace? Hey, Flops. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I just think, I mean. Yeah, that they have they have looked good, and this game was kind of funny because I feel like Arsenal really are in a position where they're like the the most. It doesn't matter how you win, team, because they have zero players. <laughs> yes. um, but yeah, great great goal by Freedom Arnhem. Um terrible penalty by Katie McCabe. Yeah. I love the way Katie McCabe throws herself over in the penalty area. Like it was a foul, it was a penalty, but oh my God, that girl gets some leap on her. (laughs) (laughs) She
0: always does a two-hander as well. It's always like, whoop. And then she kind of lands. Yeah, great stuff. Um, But Leicester now, they've still got that game in hand. They've got to play Chelsea on Wednesday night at King's Meadow it's just relentless King's Meadow fixtures for Chelsea
1: oh my god I'm loving it because also King's Meadow is looking so beautiful at the moment yeah like that, that big tree the big tree wow. she is thriving <laughs> she her is. leaves are back and we are living for it maybe that's why Chelsea have such good run-ins it's the power of the tree I
2: wonder how their air quality will improve with the tree being really healthy and nice also
0: that's their true. next to allotments which should kind of suck in a lot of the CO2 but I don't know they are
1: sort of all still in London though. Yeah. so it probably won't help
0: and also on Sunday it was very warm at Kings Meadow in the evening which is also rare. I know it looks so, so beautiful it was
1: also, can I just complain that that was the first game at Kings Meadow I've missed all season and and, then they go, and, they,
2: and, they, it, and they won 7-0 stay away don't know what else <laughs> to say Maybe. but
0: yes Leicester are going to go to Chelsea on Wednesday that is going to be a pretty tough fixture you'd imagine but then they've got West Ham at home we're going to get onto West Ham shortly, <laughs> uh, and the final day, which we've been building it up, and I was meant to go to it, but now Brighton and Leicester on the final day looks like it might.
1: I think not both of be. these teams will be safe. I think the, yeah, could I think Brighton safe? are safe basically. Yeah, I, I think Leicester after that be.
0: after that win against West Ham, Brighton probably are safe, um, but for Reading, uh, it's not looking great. They lost to Aston Villa on the weekend 5-0. Rachel Daly, want to briefly touch on the fact that she hit 20 goals now in the WSL, more than Aston Villa's total that they've ever managed in a WSL season, by quite some way, I think, as well. And, um, you know, there's been a, a quite a bit of focus on her this season and rightly so, quite a bit of focus on Bunny Shaw. But Shaw's numbers have kind of dropped a little bit and she had a couple of, chances against Liverpool that she snatched at but Daly has just been grinding away been so consistent but Reading just look like it's going to be really tricky and the, men's, te- the men's team have oh, already been relegated that is so so, rough. Yeah, a brutal. double relegation is looking like it could be on the cards the next it's quite funny though the next game for them is <laughs> sorry Reading fans that, the next game for them is that game against Spurs and then on the final day they've got Chelsea at home which is you know, they could beat
2: Spurs Spurs, Spurs they could are defending Spurs. on Saturday. Saturday, Sunday. Sunday. Spurs defending on Sunday was awful. Yeah. It was so bad. It was horrible to watch. Yeah. Anyone could score against them. At the
0: moment, Reading, bottom of the table, 20 games played, 11 points. Leicester sitting above them, 19 games played, 13 points. Spurs, 20 games, 14 points. And Brighton, 19 games, 16 points pretty much probably safe now with a game in hand as well. They're playing midweek. They have Arsenal. But let's talk about West Ham quickly before we go because obviously... One of the, our counter-press team in the West Ham ranks, and Kate put up a very frustrated and you know emotional post on Instagram that lots of people would have seen, um, saying you know this is one of the most frustrating seasons she's ever had as a pro, and you know the K is the the players deeply care about the results, and you know they're very disappointed with how things are going. But nine games without a win now for West Ham. Rianne Skinner was sacked after nine consecutive WSL defeats. So... Konczewski has uh, two
1: extra points than (laughs) she did.
0: So the, the, the record is pretty bad, but not nearly as bad. Um... I think we've kind of been calling for his head for for a few weeks now. At least privately. (laughs) But I do think it's getting more and more frustrating to watch West Ham knowing some of the quality of players that they do have and seeing how kind of poorly coached and just there's no leadership there. There's no sense of direction in how they're playing. It's kind of just constantly chaotic. And we saw that in huge fashion on television in that game against Manchester City. But it's kind of just been reflective in so much of their season. I know a few people on Twitter were saying, you know, they've been unlucky with injuries here and there, but it's still really just quite a a mess, Jesse. And you feel like they need a huge reset in the summer.
1: Yeah, because here's the thing. It doesn't have to matter if West Ham hierarchy realises what's going on, because they're safe. It's not an issue. The concern I have, the lack of trust I have, is that we've seen, I think, on multiple occasions with WSL teams where coaches' results, coaches' underlying numbers, the performances their teams have put in, have suggested they're not very good at their job, but they remain in it. And I think the worry is less about last time the season, because you're a bit like, OK, well... It's shit for the players, obviously, because you feel crap, and that's basically what Kate said, right, on Insta. Um but it's like that now the club has a chance. Like fortunately they've have been safe all season. Um they've got the opportunity to, to make a change in the summer and and do something different there. I just find it concerning that I don't really trust that they will.
2: Yeah. But surely they I just, must. I think you can see that through like the whole way that West Ham women have been run from like their inception. It just doesn't seem like the club cares very much at all uh, or respects like what those players deserve. Like giving the the running of West Ham women to his son, Jack Sullivan. And I don't think that Jack Sullivan is a a bad guy, but it's just like... It's kind of oh, like, it's insulting. It's, yeah, it's very insulting. It's kind of like giving the England women's job to Phil Neville. Like, what is this man's experience in doing this? i like, nothing. Um, and so I, like you said, I don't have faith That's that they. a bit like giving the managerial job to Paul Konchesky. What's his? <laughs> well, yeah, his experience exactly. In doing yeah, yeah. Um, I don't think that, uh, like you said, I don't have any faith that they actually see this as a particularly big problem because they're safe.
1: I think if they don't make a change, they'll go down next year, just because they've been awful all season. Yeah. Like the the underlying numbers have been terrible. Like even in the times where they were getting results, it was like a fluke. Yeah. Mm. And, and now you're seeing, like, the extra gods, they always come for you, you know? And <laughs> they're always lurking. That's statistics, like... Um,
0: well, also, they benefited of of getting some points against Spurs, who have been consistently bad all season. Without that winning in, in, against Spurs, they probably would be right in the thick of a relegation. They just topped up their points early enough that they'll just about escape. But they haven't won a game since December. And they've kind of been lucky that a lot of other teams have been worse basically Spurs uh, and Reading to keep them out of it but also what I think is different and this is why it's interesting kind of like Kate's reaction and, and maybe reaction from West Ham fans is that like it's kind of gone under the radar how poor they've been and especially any kind of pressure on Paul Koncheski really because there's enough distraction elsewhere to to keep them just about out but I mean Matt, ba- Matt Beard lost his job because they were teetering towards relegation at that early you know point in the season and then they ended up staying up so um i just find i feel like it's
1: it's sad yeah and i think that's why you're like you got to make the managerial change now but I, yeah i don't know and this goes back to the classic thing of like it's always hard to know super loads behind the scenes but if you are a manager who's looking at, like, a Spurs versus a West Ham drop, like, you're going to take the Spurs drop, aren't you? Just 100%. in terms of what they've kind of shown in in their commitment to the the women's team, even if it's still also a bit strange in its own way. But, like, look, 250k on a player who's basically saved your season is mm-hmm. a lot of money and, and it's worked for them, even if everything else behind the scenes has been a bit mental. And I just, I don't see... How West Ham are going to kind of attract the managerial talent they maybe need to because of the way other stuff has been arranged at the club.
0: Yeah, the the budgets have got to move because Leicester are maybe overachieving on a, a smaller budget, but they've they you know got a, a very good coach in who's. Um, highly rated and has kind of you know, had top jobs so you'd like to think it, it would shift in the summer with what Kirk will get to work with
1: but if although was, of course if Leicester go down yeah but that's yeah. what I was just
2: going to say about West Ham Like at least West Ham men are, are they looking better they're pretty they're, close they're I mean, 37 points I think, now I think it's, they, they will stay up so I think that is like the only thing that keeps West Ham like not in like a really really terrible position
0: yeah, we'll have to wait and see. Um, but Paul Konczewski, we're coming for you. But yes, that's all we got time for. Um, we have discussed the WSL in depth today. So hope you enjoyed it. We'll be back on Thursday with a Eurovision special and also a bit of an FA Cup preview for the final on Sunday. See some of you there at Wembley. And of course, in Box Park, because that's where everything goes down on women's epic up final day so we'll love you and leave you see you then